Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. We have him here all the way. He lives in Georgia with his beautiful wife, two kids with number three on the way that's going to be born in the next 10 to 14 days or any time now, the baby can come. So, Lord, we thank you that that baby does not come while he's here, that he is there for the, and he's having, he's having a little boy. So it's his first son. Hallelujah. So um, thank you for coming to us at such a critical moment. Um, so, so we're super blessed, uh, super anointed man. I know a lot of the ministries where he's come, come from. Um, and then I met him through Prophet David McDonald last year when I went to the conference and we just built up a connection. We communicate, uh, you know, every second week or sometimes once a month. And uh, we have a conversation for at least 40 minutes to an hour. And all we were talking about is the things of the kingdom of God. And so uh, we want to welcome Prophet Darren. Come up, my brother. We, we're honoured to have you. Bless you. And uh, the Bible says, he receive a prophet and a prophet's name is worthy of a prophet's reward. Simply put, if we will celebrate the anointing, we will receive from that anointing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Over to you, sir. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. But I, I think it's... Am I on? I think so. I hope so. Okay. Is, he, is he on, Cody? Can you hear him? Yes. Can you hear me? Howdy. Oh, okay, there we go. Howdy. All right. I, I, I want to just say thank you, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor, Preacher, Teacher, Bishop, Archdiocese, and Pope, uh, Apostle Mark, for having me. He always gets me, so it's my turn to get him. <laughs> Over to you is a dangerous statement, right? <laughs> but thank you for having me. The honor is really mine. Uh, I, I, you know, I have traveled extensively, Europe, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, London, you know, and I've uh, seen a lot of churches in my short lifetime, but I can tell you now there's very few like this, and I don't do it to blow uh, smoke I, I do it because I, I speak the truth. It's all I have is the truth. And um, it has been just amazing to watch. I can't do what I've done yesterday in many churches. I, 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 it just People are closed in this day and age to the Word. We, we love religion and we reject truth. We want our political agendas to be filtered through our church instead of the Word of God changing our environment. You know, it's clear to me if a country's in trouble, it's because the church is not doing its job. It doesn't matter who's in office. It really doesn't. It, it matters who's on the throne. And there's very few men that I can speak to, and I, I have not found a thing we disagree on. Um, he's got a heart for the kingdom, and I'm just, I'm really honored to be here, and I, I consider this place like family. This is where I'm going to come when I need church. <laughs> I've got a, um, a, a, a always a home with uh, 
Brother E.C. there, he said, if you come here and you don't stay with me, I'll be offended. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've, got, I've got a home, and he even said I can bring my, my cute little terrorists. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he'll, he'll extend that offer after he meets them. <laughs> I got a... No, but they're beautiful. I love them. I have two, two, two girls, and uh, my son is coming. They are, their names are Abigail, Bethel, and Joshua. And uh, they are just my heart and my joy. So thank you for having me. Um, there's just such an uh, anointing in this house. and I, I really struggled with the Lord. What, what would I say this morning? Because it's, it's hard to preach in a house like this. Because I, I, there's so much I can give, but what to give? You know, because you're well equipped. You're really well equipped. And standing there, when the build your church started singing, God said, tell them this. And so I started writing as fast as I can and memorizing as fast as I can. I think, I don't know what I can call this message, but I'll start it off like this. I'm, I want, I'm here to tell you from the heart of the Lord today is do not let your experience change your theology. Come on. But let your theology change your experience. There is something, and we were, you were speaking about the anointing, and that was in the back of my heart this morning to preach about the anointing, and then God showed me how I'm going to, how He wants me to structure what I want to tell you this morning, and then if it's okay with you, Pastor, I would like to just anoint everyone. Get, if we got a little oil, even if we don't have oil, we'll go get some from somebody's car, and you know, <laughs> GT20. <laughs> You're not Kobus done that. WD40. You're not Kobus done that, right? My 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 mentor, he, uh, Apostle knew my mentor. He was a crazy sucker. He did not anoint you with oil. He baptized you with oil. Uh, our friend Ed Trout, he called uh, Prophet Ed Trout one of our prophetic mentors. I think he mentored you as well. And uh, he, he called, he prophesied of him to the prophetic ministry. And in those days, he actually had hair. And he said he was greasy for days. He, because Quibus would not take the oil and christen you on the forehead. He'd take the oil and baptize you. He would douse you. you. You need to stay away from a flame because you will catch fire and not Holy Ghost fire. You know, you, you know if gold is refined in fire, but you will be a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken after that. But it's... Um, Well, Louisiana fried chicken, sorry. <laughs> Popeyes. Mm, praise the Lord. You know, fried chicken is the way to any man's heart. <laughs> Ladies, if you need advice, learn to cook fried chicken. But then the Lord showed me, he said, you know, many of us, we operate in, in ministries today, and, and I won't mention names, but I want you to hear what I'm saying and, and listen and discern what the message, what I'm telling you. Is there are many churches, many movements right now operating in gifts, but there are not many movements operating in the anointing. Mm. You see, the gifts of God are without repentance. You can heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. He said, Jesus told them, in that day they will say, but Lord, we healed the sick in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We, we cleanse the lepers. He said, but depart from me because I never knew you. The anointing is how we know him. The anointing is the flow of the intimacy. The anointing is what we need to 
be connected. It's the umbilical cord between the child and its mother. It's the life support of the church. Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ means the anointed one. So we need to come into the place of being anointed again and not gifted. You know, there's, there's a reason why healing ministries are so few and far between because there's healings going on, but the people that get healed get sick again. Because they're not using what God gave them. So I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 10. And I'm, I'm going to read some scriptures just for the sake of, you know, preachers are supposed to do that. I suppose. I really don't know what my job description is, you know. I, I, read a, I read a scripture one time and it said, A man of the Spirit is like the wind. He knows not where he comes from nor where he goes. I mean, uh, I'm starting to think I might be in the Spirit because I never know where I'm going. Yeah. You know, I have to listen to the still small voice that says, Turn left. You know, arriving at destination. And that's just because I'm probably not good at reading road signs either. <laughs> All right. But uh, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, in that day, that the burden shall be taken from off his shoulder and the yoke from off his neck, and it shall be destroyed because of the what? Anointing. The anointing. Not the gifting, not the charisma, not the pastor's biceps or his muscles. Thank God I'm a fat preacher. I don't want to be your idol. I'm not, I'm not pretty. So praise Jesus. I can't, be, I can't be distracting to look at. Right? Because if you look at it, I'm, I'm, please don't, don't think I'm critical of the church, but look at it. There's a look to pastors nowadays. And you're not popular or you're not making it if you don't have a certain look, a certain appeal. You know, it says in that day they will gather, in the last days they will gather to themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. Come on, brother. Right? And, and, and attract the eyes, you know? And, and if you don't have this sound or, or that look or, you know, you, you're just not relevant. There's a word in the church that's cursing us today, and it's called relevant. We're not supposed to be relevant. We're a peculiar people and a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're not supposed to be common or relevant because relevant is the same as common. We don't adapt to the times. We change the times and the seasons. Come on, brother. We're anointed. Come on, you're preaching good. We, we don't change our theology to fit our circumstances. We have to take our theology and make our circumstances change. I want to show you something in, in Daniel chapter 3. Turn with me there if you would, please. This is just a word to encourage you to hold fast to the word because we're, we're, we're inches and moments away from breakthrough. We're inches and moments away from breakthrough. If you're expecting the country to fall and go to hell, you're wrong. I'm here to tell you God is not going to abandon His people. The world can go to hell around us, but it will not touch us. Okay, Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. I don't care what you think is going to happen. I know what's going to happen because my theology is going to change my circumstance. Do you, you remember Angus Bachan? He sowed in El Nino. He sowed potatoes, the most water-dense vegetation and vegetables. Thank God for potatoes. You know, it's the only vegetable you cannot mess up. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. 
You can make it into a French fry, mashed potatoes, jacket potatoes, you know, cheese, and so, you can't mess it up. But those little green trees and those white trees things, you, you have to drown it in some cheese or something to make it at least edible. Give it to the cows, man. Feed the... Golly. Come on, speak the truth. I was speaking it, brother. Vegetarians all go to to a special place in heaven for deliverance first. (laughs) But in Daniel chapter (laughs) 3, I digress. (laughs) Daniel chapter 3 and starting at verse 16, this is when Nebuchadnezzar wants to throw them into the fire. Listen to what these boys say and adapt this to your heart. Because this is a key to not letting your circumstances overwhelm you and to be delivered from out of the yoke. How many of you can all admit you have issues right now in your life? You know, I'm going to tell you to bring your issues to the altar, but don't carry your wife because you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> okay? But he says, so the background is, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I should not have shared this on my Facebook page. My wife is probably watching. I love you, honey. (laughs) She loves me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and will deliver us out uh, out of thy hand, O king. But if not, but even if he doesn't, Listen to this. Let it be known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Listen, you have, we've made idols out of men in politics. We, we said they're going to save America. There's no one that can save America but Jesus. Come on, There's no one, no man. Do not put your faith in a man. You know, Daniel 2 and 20 says, God establishes kings and removes them. You know, who's in the White House is who we need in the White House. Not, not to fit your agenda, but to fit your profile to change your faith, to set your mind on Him. Don't make idols. Don't serve golden images. Don't serve, uh, uh, you know, we, we talk about the prosperity gospel. There is no such thing. There is prosperity in the gospel. But you see, people have been serving the Lord for the reward and not serving the Lord because of who He is. You know, the, the faith, word of faith movement, there's nothing wrong with it. But the problem was people started to have faith in faith instead of faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God, not have faith in faith. Because faith without a relationship does not work. The Bible says there's three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. There's, there's a reason you can't have faith without love. Why it's the foundation of all those three. I know Mark loves me. So when I come to him, I have boldness to ask him anything. But I don't know, Brother Easy, I'm going to use you for example. I don't know how much he loves me. So my boldness is limited to what I ask him. Again, I use this example in my church all the time. I say, I know my wife loves me. That girl loves me. So I say, hey woman, make me a sandwich. She might throw me with it, but she'll do it. But she, I can boldly say it any way I want, with love and affection, of course, of course, please, understand. But you understand, I can ask her anything and have faith and full confidence that she'll do it because I know how she feels about me. 
Why do I know that? Because I have relationship. Been married for five years. It's a half a decade. It's a long time. <laughs> okay, but you understand. I, I'm just look. Part of being South African is that you instigate trouble just naturally. It's, it's just who we are. <laughs> we live for the excitement. <laughs> but I can ask her anything and have confidence and faith that she'll do it because of love. See. We miss a lot of what we need for the breakthrough because we've approached it with one facet. And that facet is not, and you spoke so prophetically this morning, return to your first love. You cannot have faith without love, and you cannot have the anointing without both. And hope is the automatic assurance between the request asked and the desire granted. It says hope deferred, makes the heart sick, but desire granted is a tree of life. See, hope is the automatic thing or the little child that's birthed between love and faith. Because while you're waiting for that sandwich, you're expectantly waiting. That's called hope. Now faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. That hope is so good, I can taste the sandwich. I know she, she does not put pickles on there. Thank God, hallelujah. If she does, she's trying to kill me. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> Or she's mad at me, so if I get a pickle in my I'm going to get that sandwich. But my hope is without pickles. <laughs> but you understand? So my, my faith is a tangible lifestyle because it's birthed in love. And you cannot have faith without love. And those, those ministries have taught us, you know, they've created a false narrative of a, a prosperous life without a relationship. It's time to come back to the relationship because that's where it is now. Your theology, theology means just what you've studied of God. I, I've studied my wife. I have a degree in Denishology. Okay. Might only be at this point a bachelor's degree or associate's. I'm not sure. But, you know, every pregnancy it changes. You, you know, the bylaws and the rules of operation change. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I've studied her and I know her heart. Your theology is what you know of God. But we have... We have come to know God through a lens given by movements past. It's time to clear the lens and it's time to seek his face. David says, oh Lord, my Lord, early will I seek your face. My soul longs for you. You know, we have, we have lost that longing. We have lost that seeking. You know, when I want something from my wife, all of a sudden what I start to do is I start doing little romantic gestures why because i'm seeking i'm showing interest i'm I'm investing my time my energy my resources into her so that what i can connect to her because time and comfort creates distance we got comfortable in our laziness and our apathy towards god and i love what you said this morning we're coming into a time where we're getting excited to go back to church why because there's a revealing coming there's a revealing coming you need to understand, I'm not preaching, I'm prophesying now. There's a revealing coming. Revelation just means a revealing. He's going to show us a side of him that we never knew before. He's going to show us a side that, you know, 
there's nothing new. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean he do- hasn't done it before. We're going to come back to the days where shadows heal the sick, where, where aprons, you know, get taken off the man of God and people get, but you know what? It's not going to just be the man of God. Now it's going to be the average Joe in the seat because God's not a God of superstar. He's a God of children. He's a God of children. It's time for these ministers to rise up. You know, I've risen up. Now I want to go sit down and watch. Woo, hallelujah. Hold on. <laughs> Right? It's time for us to rise up. There's going to be a shift and a change. But it's going to be because of an anointing restored. And this anointing is going to break the yoke of the bondage. How many of you will be honest, please, and raise your hand. You, you struggled with the thing, you get a breakthrough, but it always comes back. You see cycles repeat in your life. It's because you have, you've just used partial revelation to change it. But when you use the anointing, it breaks the yoke and it sets you free. Because whom the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. Why can the sun set you free forever and you only set yourself free for a season? Because he's the Christ and the anointed one. But if you understand something, you have to understand where we're going. Go with me to John 15. You should know this by your heart. Okay, but this is where we're going. This is what we've got to go for. This is what we've got to strive for. Not strive in a works way, but it's a seeking way. This is what we have to pursue. You know, we used to sing that song, I will pursue you, I will pursue your presence. Right? Don't ask me to sing because the shower cries when I sing. Okay, but... <laughs> I mean, I really... May I walk outside and, you know, the, the angels, they, they, used two, they used to use two um, wings to cover their face and two to their feet and two to fly. But when I get in the throne room, they use two to cover their ears. They're like, they're like Bru, brother, stop. Jesus, fix it. I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. But now here's the key. Abide in me and I in you. Can I give you a little bit of Greek behind this word abide? A little bit of Aramaic with this word abide? In the Aramaic, it's yadadim, which is the same as the Hebrew yada, which means they use that word yada to say Adam knew his wife and they made Cain. Right? And then they made, Adam knew his wife again and she made Abel. All right? So Yadadim or Yaradim would be the Aramaic equivalent of that means to be in him. And it's the same as I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Okay? It's an intimate and the two shall become what? One, one flesh, one soul. Because how do we know we become one soul with him? Because it says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And I do not have the mind of man, but I have the mind of what? Christ. So he, he does a total remake, a complete overhaul for motorheads. Okay, he takes out the old engine, puts in a brand new one. One that doesn't rust and go to ruin. You know, one that doesn't backfire. A one that doesn't do 20 miles an hour but can do 300 miles an hour. You know, you don't, you're not going to do it in your strength anymore. You're going to do it in Him. He says, but now abide in me. That word, in the Greek, it's meno. And, and if you got it in the Strongs and all that, it, it will say meno, which they just use the root word. But the word they conferred is menostis. 
meaning it's, and that word meno means to be with or close in proximity. But menostas would mean that it's so close, it's within it. It's a merging of the two. So that's why you can't always trust the Strongs because they only work with root words. You've got to look at what the whole word says because the prefix and the suffix changes the meaning of the word. So root word there is meno, just means close by. So you're like, I'm with you arm in arm. No, no, he's like, you're in me. We're merged. We're one. They don't see you. They see Jesus. You know, exist no more. You see, and when the bride was made out of Christ, she was made out of his side too. Do you know how we know that the bride was made out of his side? Because when he was hanging on the cross, they pierced him in the side. But two elements came out there, blood and water. Now you'll see Zechariah 13 says, Out of the house of David, out of the root of Jesse, shall come a fountain for sin and uncleanness. What did he say? You have been cleaned by the words which I have spoken to you. Paul takes it further on and he says, You have been washed by the regeneration of the water of the word. So the blood cleansed your sin, the water made you clean, and all of a sudden, like before um, Esther comes to the king, she had to be what? Washed and anointed. You're not anointed with the oil, you're anointed with the blood. You are washed in the word, you're anointed with new life, you are anointed with the incorruption of Christ Jesus in you. Now, renew your mind. Set your thinking on things above, not on things of the earth, so that you can come into that amalgamated form of how Christ works in you. Christ in you, the what? The hope of glory. But this mystery that was hidden from all ages, but now is what? Revealed. It's not hidden. You don't need to be a Gnostic anymore. You don't need to be a mystic. There's nothing hidden for a child who's searching. If you search, you'll find. He says, knock, and the door shall be open. Seek, and you shall find. Now, granted, this is, this is where you've got to get God. He's a Jew, as far as I understand. Jesus was Jewish, right? So we Jews, we, we, we're little funny creatures. We don't tell you when we're going to open, but we promise you we will open. So there's a widow woman in Luke chapter 18, and she comes to an unjust judge and she says, avenge me of my adversary. And it says, but for a time, the, the judge would not. But because of her persistence, because of her persistence, you see, she didn't let her circumstance change her conviction. She didn't let who the judge is change her conviction. Okay, let me help you. She didn't let the president who was there, who was unjust and unrighteous, change her conviction. Okay? She did not let circumstances change that there's a God in heaven who's going to give me justice. So eventually the king or the judge or the president said, I better give her what she wants lest she comes on me and wearies me out. How, how, how are you going to change? How are you going to weary out the enemy if you can't keep your conviction? If you can't be moved by his circumstances. Because all he does is he creates circumstances around you to distract. But Hebrews 12 says, looking away from all that distracts. 
and to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning and interceding for you, changing things from heaven perspective so you can change it on the earth. All you have to do is agree and abide in him and he in you. And when the word abides in you, you will speak the word only and your servant, your situation, your circumstance will be healed. But you can't do it unless you connect it to the real dude. Will the real Jesus please stand up? You know, will the real church please stand up? That's that nine is anointing. Hallelujah. Okay, we got to change the circumstance by not changing the theology. Well, well, healing's not for today. Well, you can't get healed if you're offended. I never heard Jesus say that. All who came to him ever were always healed. Now, my healing might tarry, but it will come. Because I'm not changing my circumstance. I'm not changing my theology because it didn't manifest this time. My breakthrough didn't come this month. So now I'm changing my theology. Oh, I got to go and do warfare in the spirit. He never said do warfare. He said believe. He says believe. He who believes, nothing daunting, not wavering, shall get whatsoever he asks. Now look at what abide does. Abide in me and I in you as a branch of itself cannot produce fruit except it abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit and without me you can do nothing. But he didn't tell you to do something. He told you to abide. He didn't say um, um, war. He said stay, live in me, I in you and my word in you. Get his opinion, get heaven's opinion, and you will change the direction and the narrative of your story. Okay, now listen. Abide in me. And then he said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth from a brush, uh, from the branch as, a, as withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now listen, you shall ask whatsoever you will key. He has a key. You know those magic keys that we learned in the 90s about? The five keys to success? He has the one key to success for everything. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. See, God is glorified when you break through. See, a God of glory has a glorious church, not a scrappy, yappy church. See, God's a king of glory, but his people look like the Mm, give me a safe word. <laughs> I don't have any safe. They, <laughs> they look like hobos. They look like homeless folk. They look tattered and torn and beat up. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I see if you had to see the church, maybe how she is now. Man, she looks in bad shape. But he says, I want a glorious bride, a pure and spotless bride who abides in me and my word. And, and whatsoever she asks, I do. But Lord, I asked and you, I didn't get it. But did you abide? Did you abide? Did you abide? Mm-hmm. Are you abiding? Are you living? In, you know, David says, this is one thing I seek and this one thing I am after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord always. That's not the temple. It's the presence. It's the throne room. And then the veil was rent which is his flesh, so that you can have access boldly to come to the throne of grace and find mercy in a time of need. Why? Because you have been given an anointing. Yet listen, you are anointed. 
You are anointed by the anointing to abide. The anointing works by the abiding. If you abide, you are anointed. If you're connected to the anointed one, you are an anointed one. You don't need a gift. You just need presence. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, where, where, the, where the presence of the Lord is, it's shadow, casts healing. Where the presence of the Lord is, anything that touches it is anointed. Because what you're a constant supply of oil. You're connected to the oil vat. You know, Zechariah talks about the menorah, which is the seven spirits of God, which is the anointing. It's the oil, man, coming from the two trees, which is the Father and the Word. And they come and they send their, their anointing to a sevenfold uh, candlestick. And all of a sudden there's an anointing. And you have that full, you have the Father and the Son in you, the kingdom in you. You're anointing, you're a source of oil. You're not a river that runs dry, you're the source. So when you ask, you, it's like Jesus saying, Father, He says, I know I can ask whatsoever I will of my Father and He will do it. Because why? The Son is in Him and He is in the Son. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments. Oh, you see, there's that law again. He only gave you two, love. God, with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love each other, your neighbor. You know what a neighbor is? Person in your current vision. It's not who's next door on Cherry Lane. Right? It's not who, I'm sorry, the anointing of the fire. I quote fire. Right? It's not who lives next door. It's who's next to you. Who's in your, who's in your atmosphere. You gotta love him. You gotta be a light to all the world. Okay, it says, continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. It's this thing about abiding brings an anointing. You see, and how do I abide in, my, in His Word? By believing everything of it and not changing my, the, my, my theology because my circumstances aren't changing right now. I just have to go deeper into the abide. My circumstance will always change the deeper I am in Him. So I just got to go a little deeper, a little bit more. Maybe I got to get rid of Netflix for a season. Maybe you don't, you know. But, but what, what, what is going to change my circumstance? It is not me changing my theology to fit my circumstance, but me changing how I think so I can change the circumstance with my theology. You see, the fact is there was a storm on the water. The fact is man is powerless against nature. But the truth is, the truth. See, there's a difference between fact and truth. Fact is what we can measure scientifically with the flesh. But truth is what God can do outside of the natural. That's why he says his truth will be your shield and buckler. See, God's truth protects you from the fact of man. The fact is, this cancer is incurable. But the truth is, by his stripes, you were already healed. So you see, so I can't change because the facts are different. I have to make the facts change because there's a different theology in me. There's a truth that's a shield and a buckler that keeps back the, qu- the fiery darts of the enemy. 
But I can only really do that when I abide. I gotta abide. Okay, I gotta abide. The word's got to be abiding me. So, how does the word abide? I mean, there's many ways you know, your pastor can tell you. <laughs> I'm leaving that to you, you know. But one of the ways is meditate the word day and night, because Psalm one says, "If you meditate the word day and night, you shall be like a tree planted by water, right? That brings forth fruit." That's what he said. I want you to abide in me, so you can what? Bring forth fruit. He says he will bring forth fruit in every season, not just the fruit season. In every season. Now you get it. Why Jesus, when he came to the fig tree and he was disappointed because when the Son of Man comes to you in or out of season, you better produce. Religion will make you produce no fruit. Okay? But it says he came to the fig tree when the seasons of figs was not. King James it. And he cursed it and immediately it withered and died. The, the, the disciples came back the next day and said, whoa, glory, it died, it died. And he says, if you believe, you shall see the same. You shall say unto this mountain, if you believe. How do you believe? Abide in the Word and the Word in you. What, what happens when you abide in the Word? It produces nothing. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. But you see, abide allows you to have faith, but from the position of love. Because when you live in the house with the one whom your soul loves and the one who loves your soul, you get to experience the love. See, there's an intimacy when you stay. But when you come and go, there's another word for that. I call it spiritual prostitution. You're, because you're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you're no. You know? You can't, you can't be Katy Perry with Jesus. Is it Katie? I don't know. <laughs> you know, you can't be hot and cold because that's what lukewarm, and he tells you what he does with lukewarm, like tobacco in the south, and get spit out. You know, religious religion has taught us to prostitute God, to prostitute our relationship with Him for the superficial. But what I love about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, if we burn, we burn. If he saves us, he saves us. Either way, we're going to be good. Either way, we're going to be with the Father. Either way. And then they get in the fire. The guys pushing them in get burnt and die. And then the king comes and looks in there and he's like, didn't we throw three in? Well, who's that one that looks like the Son of Man? Because he's the fourth man in the fire. Come on. He's with you to the end. He said, you will pass through the fire and it will not burn you. You'll pass through the water and it will not overtake you. Because Emmanuel, God is with us. He's with the one he loves. He's walking with you. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above. I have confidence, faith, boldness. I have power in the day of my accusation to know that I'm delivered because I'm in the anointing and the anointing is in me. And whatsoever I touch will prosper. Whatsoever I do shall be healed whatsoever I declare shall be done and even if it doesn't it's not changing I'll just keep speaking I'll keep speaking you see even Ezekiel had to speak three times before the bones became people the first time it was to speak and prophesy and they just knit together the second time he had to prophesy and then they got sinew the third time and then he said there's the army sometimes you might have to speak more than once but you don't stop speaking till it manifests. Because you got to know that you know that you know what's in you is life. 
My circumstances aren't changing. Well, are you abiding? Go a little deeper. Stay a little longer. Press in. Press through, the, press through your unbelief. Fast. It's a bad word in American church. Hmm? I don't need to look at me. But I got to do it. When my circumstances are changing my mind, I got to change my mind forcefully. There are things you can practically do, but the, the main thing is we got to live in Him and Him in the Word. Meditate the Word. I grew up with a man who had scriptures everywhere. He'd print them and laminate them and just stick them everywhere. You walked into his house, you walked into a, a living Bible. He, his house was elegant and beautiful, but you didn't see pictures or posters on the wall. You saw scriptures. His wife, his wife was an artist. His wife's husband, uh, his, wife's, his wife's father was one of South Africa's biggest artists. And she had all his mantelpieces and drawings and charcoal sketches on the wall. When she looked again, they were in the garage and there were scriptures up. <laughs> After 10 years of marriage, she realized she's not changing him. So she just put the art away. Because you can only change your circumstances when you change your mind by keeping it in the Word. So he says, I will keep them in peace whose minds are constantly stayed on me. So here's what I want to leave you with today. And I don't want to take up too much time. Am I good on time, Pastor? Here's what I want to leave you with today. Things might start changing and it looks like bad. It might look like things might change for the worst. Do not let your hearts be troubled because it will not come near you. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it's not coming near you. you. You might go through the fire, but it's not going to touch you. You might go through the water, but it's not going to overtake you. There is something about to happen in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ where we're going to connect with the Father. Again, there's, there's a, a reawakening to the true love. There's going to be a new new time of intimacy in the spirit and the children of God are going to start getting hungry again and thirsty and thirsty and, and I, I see I, I do I, I truly see all night prayer meetings starting to unfold in the, in the, the next couple of months or years where people are just going to be so radical for tangible experiences that like in the days of IHOP, when it really was pumping and going, you know, that it started producing hubs everywhere. We're coming to that time again. We're coming to a time where there's not just one radical person like Lou Engle trying to make change through prayer because he has faith that God's going to do it, but there's going to be an army of people that are not even connected with him, don't even know who he is, are just going to start coming into it. God's showing me that there, there is a, a dynamic changing in the church where people are going to be expectant for God to move and God is going to move in such a mighty way, even, even earlier than what he had planned to because people are going to be so hungry. Can you change God's mind? Absolutely. There was a king who got a word from a prophet that says, make your affairs right, you're about to die. And he fell on his face and he done one key thing. He repented. You know what it means to repent? 
change your mind. And he repented. He realized the error of his way and he changed his mind and he centered his thoughts on what God wanted instead of what he wanted. And all of a sudden God said, go back and prophesy. Tell him 15 more years. You see, God, God leaves room for bargaining. Ask Abraham. Abraham had an alternative agenda. He wanted Lot and his family out. So I said, what if you find 50 righteous? I said, for 50, I'll do it. What about 45? 30? 25? How about 10? I just want someone to intercede with me. I just want someone to agree with my goodness. I want to partner with my bride. You know, sometimes I don't want to do something. So I ask my wife, hey, you make the decision. I'm just done making decisions. I don't want to decide where we're going to eat today after church. Just decide. You know, what do you want for dinner? Order it in. I'm not cooking. You know, he, he's given the earth to the dominion of his children. Amen. Come on. So rule. So he says in Revelation 5, it says, but he has made us kings and priests and now God to rule and reign on the earth. If, if we're getting our butts kicked, it's our own fault. Return to the source. Abide in the word and the word in you. Then you can start petitioning, start changing things. And by, what I mean by petitioning is don't ask God. Tell God what you want to see. Because if you know heaven's agenda, you don't have to ask for it because you've already got it. Ephesians 1.3 says, You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So just start manifesting and speak it into existence. Mature your heart and your mind to the knowledge of what God's about to do on the earth. So that you can speak it. And so that it can change. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Hallelujah. Well, just before we move on really quickly, I wanted to say this. I heard when he, when he was mentioning the word repentance, what it means, I heard a few people talking about it's a turning around. And that's right. It's true. Um, and then, of course, metanoia is what you're referring to, the changing of the mind. There's two words there for repentance. The one is metanoia, which means to change your mind, which is the most common usage of the word. And another word actually in the, I believe the Hebrew is Nahum, N-A-H-U-M. Nahum actually means to turn around, all right? But remember this, Nahum and the turning around is the fruit. The changing of the mind is the root, all right? The fruit comes from the changing of the mind because there's a lot of repentance going on and we're trying to go for the jugular and just get the fruit. But if God doesn't get you from the root, then you're going to try and produce a repentance in and of your own strength. Are you with me? And you will find yourself at the altar repenting of the same thing all the time. How many of you know there's a lot of people running to the altar for repentance, repentance, repentance? And we want repentance. But true repentance is when the Lord comes and delivers your mind. In other words, you used to think one way about something. That is the root and then guess what follows? The fruit, all right? So changing of the mind is the root. Nahum, the turning around, is the fruit. So the fruit will automatically manifest. 
and it's not going to be, it's because the anointing that by the washing of the water of the word that renews this mind, it's going to be a byproduct of. Amen? So religion will teach you to do it in your own strength. The anointing does the inner work which produces the fruit. Religion will always try to get you to do things externally. The anointing will always produce the change internally. So you're not a bunch of people that know how to behave right because you're trained to do so by works, but you're, you are a people who the anointing has apprehended, done a work on the inside, and the way you behave before God isn't because you've been taught to do it. It's just a manifestation, the fruit of a circumcised heart because of that anointing. Amen? And I love what you said. I just love what you said about the anointing is that, you know, there are many running off of gifts, but the gifts and the anointing are two different things because the gifts and the call are without repentance. Do you know you can function in a gift without the anointing flowing on you? Yeah? So the measurement of a man's ministry is not on the gift. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. The anointing is what makes all the difference. Amen? And we want to cultivate a, uh, an atmosphere for His presence. But how many of you have been blessed today? I'm going to do a couple things. We're going to obviously, like He said, He wants to lay hands and that's what He felt led to do. So we're going to receive, okay, so we have, uh, let's go ahead and have the, 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 the um, slides uh, for the offering really quickly. I want, I want to be able to just get through this quickly. Um, for those of you that are tithing, make sure you tithe, but then we're also receiving an offering for our guest speaker today. And uh, if you are giving online, you go to www.destinyrevivalministries and you're used to giving online. When you go to the drop-down box, there'll be tithes, offerings. There's a slot there called guest speaker. Make sure that you allocate that to guest speaker. If you're giving to the guest speaker this morning, on the envelope, there's a little block. Listen to my words clearly. I'm giving you clear instructions. When you get the envelope, there is a block says guest speaker. Make sure you check that box because we want to make sure that every part of your giving, that if you've received from the anointing, given to that anointing. We're not telling you, we're not holding you at gunpoint. We're not telling you what to give or how much to give. Give according to how the Holy Spirit tells you to give this morning. Amen. Then if you are giving your tithe, make sure you just correct, uh, click on the right boxes there on the envelope. Um, and if you are writing out checks to the guest speaker, uh, still make them out to Destiny Revival Ministries, put it in the envelope and then make sure you mark guest speaker on the envelope. And even in the memo on your check, you can even write uh, uh, Pastor Darren on the check if you want to on your little memo, you can do that. But if you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Personally, DRM is much easier. And then lastly, if we can go over the texting, if you want to get, you know, you feel more cooler than everybody else and you're super techie, your smartphone, just go on your smartphone and text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777. That's 337-434-3777. Uh, text the word GIVE to that number. As soon as you text that number, it will send you a link where you can give safely and securely. I just I like to say that all the time, safely and securely, because we've, we've paid for your security in your giving. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.